powered by Clear Vision Development Group. This is Better Than Before with Tony Richards, a business leaders podcast. Each week, we'll provide you with top business insights, fresh perspectives from world-class guests, and the tools you need to lead better than before. And now, here's your host, author and business coach, Tony Richards. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the program where we are not sure we need another Wedding Crashers movie. Come on, Vince Vaughn. Let's have something a little better from you, my boy. Today on the program, Rolando Rosas will be my special guest. He will be talking about telecommunications upgrades and e-commerce enhancements in your business. And it can make all the difference in today's competitive environment for you. And uh, it's annual planning season, so I'll have a leadership and business lesson around annual planning. Today we'll talk about cash and finances. It's all coming up a little later on here and better than before. Brought to you by University Subaru. Right now, when you get a new Subaru during the Subaru Share the Love event, Subaru will donate $250 to a charity in need. University Subaru, homegrown and proud of it. The three-row Subaru Ascent. Room for up to eight passengers. Standard EyeSight driver assist technology. Standard symmetrical all-wheel drive plus up to 27 miles per gallon. Kelly Blue Book's most trusted and best overall brand for 2020. The three-row Subaru Ascent. Join us for the Subaru Share the Love event going on now. Subaru will donate $250 to purchases or lessees selected national and hometown charities. University Subaru, homegrown and proud of it. See retailer or Subaru.com slash share for details. Are you working twice as hard but enjoying fewer rewards? Maybe you're highly accomplished, but you just can't seem to break through and make the next big move. Or you run a business that has begun to grow stagnant. It doesn't have to stay that way. Even the best leaders have felt as if their careers were spiraling out of control, but that's when they had to lead and lead big. Tony Richards' new book, The Big Idea, 52 Ways to Be a Better Leader Now, will help launch you forward in leadership. Learn how to take charge and lead yourself, lead others, and lead your company. Purchase online today at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and our website, clearvisiondevelopment.com. Welcome back to Better Than Before. I'm Tony Richards, and I'm excited to welcome Rolando Rosas to the show today. With extensive sales experience working for Altria's international division and also Jabra as a national accounts manager, he co-founded Global Tech Worldwide in 2002, and bringing all of his previous experiences together in both the consumer goods and consumer electronics industries, He has embarked on a mission to help businesses sound better and sell more when interacting with customers. In 2015, he launched Global Tech Worldwide on the Amazon Marketplace and grew sales from well over seven figures uh, annually from zero on Amazon. And he's catapulted Global Tech Worldwide to the top 1% of Amazon sellers using a variety of best practices. And Maybe he'll let us in on a few of those today. Rolando enjoys helping other entrepreneurial-minded sellers thrive in an ever more competitive e-commerce landscape. 
Joining us from just outside Washington, D.C. today, Rolando, welcome to Better Than Before. Hey, thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm glad to be on. You bet. I'm excited because uh, I don't think uh, we've ever had anybody come on and talk about this particular uh, subject matter where businesses are concerned. So um, tell me a little bit about what prompted you to get started on this. Well, the in the current line that I'm in, the business that I'm in with Global Tech Worldwide, it was, if you can recall back to the early 2000s and the go-go days of telecom, um, people were uh, getting recruited to work at certain locations or certain uh, businesses and just getting brand new cars and signing bonuses. And I had friends that had said, you know, hey, you're missing the boat. You got to go into the telecom area. And I did that. And within two years, all of that crashed. As everybody, if you remember back in the early 2000s, the telecom market just crashed. You bet. And along my job along with it. And uh, that opened the door to where I am today, which is Global Tech Worldwide. And at the time, the company that I was with uh, was a headset manufacturer. You've probably heard of them. The, they, they make hands-free devices uh, for all the major um, different um, outlets that are out there. And I had a box of a bunch of these headsets sitting in a closet. They never asked for them back. And I decided to, instead of just recycling them, I said, you know, maybe I could sell these. And so I called around and I've had uh, uh, some success with with, uh, past clients that were in my previous job. And they said, hey, look, I'd I'd love to take some of those headsets. And that essentially started uh, Global Tech Worldwide. And literally in, in my, my kitchen with a computer that I had from college. Um, and over the years that, that grew uh, to where um, probably four or five years ago, we decided to go into uh, doing this business on Amazon. We were off Amazon for the longest. And then that started taking off. And that also allowed us to amplify our reach, um, reach a whole lot more customers. And more recently, within the last couple of years, uh, we're, we've been seeing a transition in the whole telecom uh, arena where more and more customers are moving to the cloud. Um, and this is open to discussion with uh, customers about what are you going to do to the, when you go to the cloud? How are you going to do it? How are you going to roll out? And we've been getting more and more customers just quite frankly coming to us and saying, hey, can you provide us X software or X service, which is out of our, was out of our lane. Our lane has really been hardware, mm. um, the hands-free devices, phones, that kind of thing, the electronic devices that pretty much sit on the desk of some office worker. Uh, and so that just kept coming over and over, come up, coming up over and over again. And to the point that we decided, well, why don't we do something about this? Let's, let's try to have a, a service offering for customers that want to go to the cloud. Uh, and we found all kinds of, of let's call it non-Amazon-like experiences for most of our customers that wanted to go to the cloud. Mm. Um, and specifically as it relates to um, data connectivity. So if you have internet at your office, it's a totally different ballgame than just calling up your local uh, telecom carrier and saying, I want more bandwidth at home. It's a totally different game. And so what we were hearing was that customers were really having a hard time getting quotes, getting service, getting a representative to, to get in touch with them about what options they had available, which is fast forward now, two years in development, we've launched a self-service website that allows businesses to, within a minute, have a quote online, as well as send to their inbox if they would like that, 
and they will be able to take that quote and turn on uh, internet services. Um, so it's getting to where we would like it to be, where it's very Amazon-like. You put in your requirements, and actually we've taken it a step further, which is we actually match uh, a provider uh, and their services that they have available based on the requirements that you put in uh, on the website. So instead of searching around for all the different hundreds of service providers that are out there that could provide internet, we match it based on what you input into the website and outcomes a quote on the other end within a minute rather than weeks. And we've heard even uh, longer than that for if you're out in, a, in a, maybe a smaller market in a rural market or a mid-sized market, even a lot of the reps, is, you know, if anybody who's in business knows that they tend to be mostly focusing in larger cities mm -hmm. um, than do travel out outside of those metro areas. And so a lot of the mid markets and smaller markets and rural markets are very underserved right now as it relates to telecom services. Now, what do you see most often with businesses as far as conventional solutions and what you're able to give them and why that's a good thing? The distinction here is really uh, convenience and speed. And as more of the world becomes more Amazon-like in its approach to customer support and service, the expectations on how to go about launching a product or a service or providing that type of service to a customer has, has moved in that direction. And there are businesses that have stepped up their game to be able to meet that challenge. And there's some that are really resisting. And what we find within the telecom space, it is a really hard industry and space to move yes. things forward, to move uh, that customer experience of whether you're on the acquisition side and you're getting the service initially, or you're already in it and you're trying to maybe upgrade or change your service. It's a very difficult thing to do. And in that type of space and in that type of environment, we find a lot of opportunity for us as a business because we're bringing that Amazon-like approach to the services side where customers can more easily get the thing that they're looking for whether it's internet services or other things that are related to that. So what are the most common reasons why they resist the change? Inertia. Uh, there is a lot of entrenched, um, a lot of entrenched interests in keeping things the same, the same way they've been for, for years. If you're uh, an AT&T or a Comcast, not, not to single them specifically, but if you're a much larger Verizon, you're large, um, multinational organization, it is very difficult for you to be nimble and agile and meet customer needs because by the time they decide as a management team to implement a change, that change could take years uh, for it to be signed off and then for the corporate culture to embrace that change or the new way of doing business. So larger organizations are having a harder time um, adjusting to this. Um, and this is very evident e even on the hardware side where uh, Amazon has made it very difficult for some businesses to stay in business. And it's not that they're bad businesses, it's just that the environment is changing faster today than it was 10 years ago. And some organizations are better suited for that change and some are not. And it's very, um, it's a difficult thing if you're not an organization that's, that's used to playing against other competitors. And in the telecom space, you find a lot of parts and regions of the country that are just straight up monopolies. 
um, or duopolies. And so when you're in that kind of environment where you have very little competition, you're not used to competing. And if a new game comes into town and starts nipping away at, at, at customers, at your customers on the edges, it takes a long time it, or it can take a long time for the larger providers to actually change their game. And in some respects, their, their approach is to kind of partner with some of the smaller providers or resellers or other smaller organizations to try to offer their services because internally it's, it can be very challenging for them to try to keep up with smaller and medium-sized players. I mean, I've been a business consultant and coach for long enough to know, and I've also been in business long enough to know that logically, if you have the opportunity to compete on a level that is comparable or could be at least compared to an Amazon, why wouldn't you want to do it? But I know that there are people that have their own reasons uh, that it scares them or they're fearful or they think it's too expensive or whatever reason that they don't want to be put there. But I mean, the unknown, the unknown is what keeps a lot of people, both of the things that you just said, fear and the unknown keeps people in their seat, essentially, instead of getting up and out of their seat and doing something different or looking at something a different way. And, and those two things, it, it's better for, for what I hear in talking to people, it's better to just kind of keep going with the way things are going if they're okay, rather than seeing the next opportunity that is 20 times better. But it requires you to start changing how you're either approaching things or the way you're marketing yourself or going to market. Unfortunately, a lot of times when you realize it's not okay, it's too late because, you know, <laughs> that's that's right that's right and if if i could it, it just it, by pointing uh, at, at what's happening at, although right now our current environment has changed because of the a pandemic the the changes that were already in place is in place would before the pandemic some businesses were moving to either the cloud or adopting new business models and this has only accelerated a lot of those plans and some businesses that were already in either financial straits or falling behind, they're gone mm. or are really just hanging on by a thread right now. So, you know, I don't know that you specifically said it or I just kind of my mind just kind of logically went there. But I sort of uh, picked up on a lot of the things you were talking about had to do with servicing the customer. But how does this tie in with sales, customer acquisition, business development? Well, the you know, I think the old adage is that the customer is king or the customer is, is always right. I would I would modify that in that the customer can lead you into the direction where you need to be going. And I'll give an example on that. So on the online space, uh, if you go back to when we started in 2002, the only way to look for information was on Google. So if you started your journey and you were looking for, let's say, a headset, you started your journey on Google. 100% of those searches were on Google. Today, uh, when you're looking at the electronic space, close to 70% of those searches now start on Amazon. So if you take that analogy where the customer just migrated almost, almost by wholesale, just moved over to Amazon, to begin their journey. And you look at other industries where similar kind of patterns can be found. If you're that company or that, that organization, 
that's stuck in the old way where all the searches or all of the activity or a lot of activity was coming your way and now it's just been going away you have to adjust that so for us it was going on amazon and we found our business took off when we did that um and, and for years we resisted we're like yeah no we don't want to be on amazon that no, we're not going to find any businesses there there aren't real businesses shopping on amazon and we were shocked in a positive way to find out that there are hundreds of thousands of businesses that shop on Amazon. And likewise, other businesses need to pay attention to where the customer action is going to. I guess, I think it was Wayne Gretzky or one of these hockey players said that they don't follow the puck. They right. go to where the puck is going to be. Right. And as a business, you have to kind of approach things that way. Where Where is the puck going? Because if we stayed, if we or we stay where the puck was at, You've missed, you're, you're going to miss the boat. Uh, and that's kind of how uh, we, we look at that with customer acquisition. Um, a, a really good company came to us a couple of years ago at, at a networking event and mentioned how <clears throat> right now, what you got to do is try to meet the demand. And where is that demand? Where is it going to? Or and where has it been in the last several years? And it keeps increasing for a company like us on the hardware space has been Amazon. So acquiring customers is, is, a, is easier in some sense because that's where the attention is at. Um, there's certainly a lot of other competitors there, but we, we certainly would have uh, died as a business if we held on to just say selling on our own website or with through our sales team. We would have certainly done okay, and, but eventually we would, have, we would have seen a lot of hardship if we, wouldn't follow, if we weren't following where the customers are at. So we're acquiring customers in a, in a much uh, much easier fashion because Amazon itself puts the customers in the driver's seat. Uh, and if you're some other type of business, you have to figure out where the customers are going, uh, like the cloud. Customers are now really exiting on-premise equipment. They're moving away from having legacy equipment at their premise, at their, at their office, or in their own data center simply because of the cost simply because of how things are changing so fast. And it's much cheaper and easier to let an expert, um, if, if you're moving to the cloud, let somebody else handle all of that for you and you focus in on the core competencies. Well, I know you mentioned COVID-19 earlier, and it's difficult to talk about business today without talking about the, the virus and the impact. And I'm, I'm sure we're going to have business case studies for the next 20 years about how things have changed due to COVID-19 and what the virus impact was and all of that. How, how in your opinion, has that changed uh, the telecommunications industry and what you do for customers? It, it, it's it, on a lot of levels, things are, are changing. So if, if you were an organization that did not have remote work plan, you expect the larger you are, you probably have it now. Um, and for years, um, I've been a huge advocate of work from home. Um, having worked at Philip Morris for several years, that organization was com almost completely virtual. You, for a, such a large organization, there were very few offices around the country. And the ones that were there, those offices were really small um, for what you would think a, a top, they're in the fortune, they're in the top 20, 30 of within the S&P and they just didn't have a lot of offices outside of the big headquarters or outside of the manufacturing facilities. And so 
the COVID uh, experience has really caused businesses to reevaluate their whole business model as it relates to uh, human resources and where they keep employees. And quite frankly, every major study, whether you look at Pricewaterhouse, uh, Ernst & Young, all of them have looked at this for years uh, and they all say the same thing. Your workers are happier. Your workers stay on longer. Your, your overhead goes down because you're not constantly having to replace workers. And you can create efficiencies uh, from a, a capital investment perspective because like a Philip Morris, you're not having to have uh, big, huge offices in every major, major city, which all tie up a lot of money. So it's a, it's a big money saver. And so companies that can make that adjustment, uh, especially with this environment, because I don't hear companies saying uh, right now that they plan on rolling back work from home. If anything, you look at what Google, Twitter, Facebook, and other um, tech companies are saying that they're going to allow employees to work from home indefinitely. Uh, and in a, I believe in the case of Microsoft, they're allowing their employees to work from anywhere in the world um, um, moving forward. So th this is one of those things where, where is the hockey puck going? It's going in that direction. Uh, and businesses uh, should embrace that and, and also look at how this is going to change how they operate from a telecom perspective. There are equipments that are no longer needed. I mean, I mean there are phones that are probably is going to be sitting around collecting dust for years now. Uh, and so now computers and cell phones are going to be the primary mode of communication uh, versus that old phone that sat on somebody's desk. Yeah, I think, um, I think COVID-19 is a perfect example of forced change. Um, it's, it's forced them into the painful change that they would have taken normally years, but it put it on warp speed. And now that they've made those changes, you know, why go back at this point? We might as well go forward and, and complete the, uh, the transformation. What else do we need to know? Uh, if you had another thought there, go ahead. No, no, no. You, you go, uh, well, I was just going to say that, uh, companies really have to take a look at um, not even just this event. I know you asked your question about COVID, but um, there are other events, natural disasters. Uh, and we, we have staff that work in, in different parts of the country as well, as well as in the world. And they're almost, we're almost all virtual uh, by this point. And when an event happens and takes you out from your, your infrastructure, and you don't have a way to communicate, keep uh, business continuity, business continuity going. Your business suffers if you can't take incoming calls because your call center is down. You're going to suffer, or your phone lines are down because a hurricane came through, or or a tornado. In this case, a pandemic that forces everybody to work at home. You're going to suffer. So it behooves companies um, to really understand where do we need to be to be resilient in a pandemic in this case, or who's to say five years from now, we won't be in this situation with some, some other kind of pandemic, but certainly the type of events that are happening around the world, um, as we deal with customers around the world, natural disasters themselves um, are forcing business to evaluate how do they handle business continuity in, from a global perspective, if you're a larger organization, or even a, a, a domestic perspective as well, uh, if we're talking US only. Rolando, just to wrap up here, we've covered a lot of ground and still we're not even scratching the surface of this subject, but what other considerations should businesses be thinking about from a telecommunications standpoint? 
Well, let, let's look at just the, the small, the, the greedy perspective. If I'm a business today, how can I save money on my current operations as it relates to telecom? Things are changing so fast that um, maybe a, a year or two or three, you looked at going to the cloud and it was cost prohibitive. Now it's the game is much more competitive. Um, it's much more cost effective. And quite frankly, clients are really surprised when we talk to them about um, how much they can save just on the raw do the, the, the dollars, the straight hard costs, as well as some of those soft costs. So looking at um, how you can actually save or actually make more money uh, is an important part of why going to the cloud can be an important part of the game plan uh, when a business looks at business continuity or other aspects that are now in the forefront, as well as remote working. That's awesome. Rolando Rosas and his company is Global Tech Worldwide. He's the founder and the big cheese there. And he's been telling us a lot about telecommunications and e-commerce today. And Rolando, I really appreciate you coming by the show. Hey, before we wrap it up here, I got, um, I got 12 rapid fire questions. I ask every guest that comes on the show. So I just want to run these by you real quick, if that's all right. Sure. Go for it. All right, here we go. Number one, what is the best memory that comes to mind for you? Best memory. Well, I, a couple of years ago, I spent about three months uh, during the winter in Vegas and those were really great three months, not having to uh, wear a uh, heavy coat and jackets, <laughs> uh, getting sunshine every day, uh, being able to just walk out the door and not worry about you know, a shovel uh, or shoveling a driveway. Those are, those are great. That's just the first thing I, I, in terms of memory, that's the first one that I can think of. There's many more, but that's the first one away from those East coast winters, right? Oh yes, yes, <laughs> yes, absolutely. Harsh. We get winters here in the DC area that, that sometimes they're a couple of feet in snow. It doesn't happen every winter, but we've had some like that. Who's the number one hero in your life? I had a, um, I think back to my high school. I have to. I have to make it two. They're, okay, they're sure. very. They're both very high in my book. Um, if we're talking about heroes in high school and college, I was fortunate enough to play uh, college football and high school football. Both of those coaches that I had were instrumental in helping me. Uh, both from from being a young man and understanding the the ways of the world. Um, and as well as expectations that people place on you as you move into the workplace. And that was uh, something my college coach uh, drilled on me. You have to not just be a football player, but you have to be a good citizen. And, um, and he taught me how to do things that I didn't, not just physically, but mentally, mental challenges where, you know, he'd write, you know, a hundred characters on a, on a board. And he says, you could learn this and memorize every single character on this board. And I was like, you're crazy. Nobody could do that. But uh, basically looking at things differently and challenging your mind to look at ways of how to do that and, um, and how to um, incorporate that into your um, daily, um, daily life was very instrumental. Uh, and it helped me, uh, set me up for success. And so I, I would say both my high school coach, high school football coach, as well as my college uh, football coach were very, I would see both of them as heroes. Great. What's the top value you subscribe to? Uh, I subscribe to do unto others as you want them to do unto you. Um, I, 
I am a firm believer that if you treat people well, uh, whether they're your employees, coworkers, friends, um, you will generally be treated like you are treating them. You treat them harsh, you're probably going to get some harsh treatment. And if you treat other people well, they generally will also in kind treat you well. That's, that's what I subscribe to. Uh, who's the most important person in your life? I would have to say that's that's uh, my wife. Uh, she's uh, she is very important in 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 helping me be successful. Um, and um, everybody who's been a success in life has somebody that's their rock and uh, somebody that is uh, there to help you and pick you up when you're down, and also to encourage you and act as a cheerleader. And she's done that and way more than that. What's your favorite thing in the whole world? All right now, I absolutely love going to a place called Patango, which makes gelato and coffee. And they combine it in an affogato, which is bar none the best affogato I've had around the world. And it's about 15 minutes from my house. And I look forward to it. I go every Friday when I can. Uh, to Patango. So plug to Patango. They didn't pay me for this, but I will plug them anyways. <laughs> All right. Uh, my favorite absolute thing to do right now is just go get an affogato uh, on a Friday afternoon after work. What's your favorite food? I love burgers, man. I'm, I'm a burger person. Me too. A real good, juicy burger. I'm, I'm up for a good burger. Somebody says, yeah, I have a new, new place. It's a new burger. I'm there. I'm going to go try it out. I'm a burger guy. Most beautiful place you've ever been to? I would say uh, Buenos Aires, Argentina. Very beautiful place. Okay. How do you want to be remembered? Well, you asked some good questions. Um, just, it's just somebody that um, tried to help others and uh, tried to do my best uh, and uh, was there for other people when they needed me. If you could describe success in one word, what would the word be? Brains. If you could go back and talk to a young Rolando and give some advice to him, what would the advice be? The world is unfair. Know that very early and understand that you can find opportunities in the middle of crisis. What's your favorite sound? Oh no! I got. I guess I don't know. I would. I would say music okay. instead of sound because I, I. 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 You know what? I take that back. I love the sound of birds chirping. Oh, There's cool. particular kind of birds that chirp. I don't know the specific kind, but they come through uh, where we live, like through the summer. And I love the the sound of this this bird. I, I'm trying to find out which it is, but I love that sound. And finally, last one. What's the best lesson you've learned? Oh. Life is a more marathon than a sprint. Love it. Rolando Rosas of Global Tech. Tell everybody how to find out more about you and your company. Well, you could find you can find me, Rolando Rosas, on uh, LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn. Hit me up and I'll be glad to uh, respond to your uh, message. You can also find me or our company at global-tech and tech is spelled T-E-C-K dot com. And if your business wants to uh, look at um, your internet and compare it to what you have today, it's a very simple website that we've set up called circuitloops, 
circuitloops.com. That's circuitloops.com. Awesome, man. Listen, thanks for being on today. Lots of great information. I look forward to having you back sometime. All right. Thank you. All right. Rolando Rosas of Global Tech. I'm Tony Richards. I'll have more on Better Than Before right after this. The three-row Subaru Ascent. Room for up to eight passengers. Standard EyeSight driver assist technology. Standard symmetrical all-wheel drive plus up to 27 miles per gallon. Kelly Blue Book's most trusted and best overall brand for 2020. The three-row Subaru Ascent. Join us for the Subaru Share the Love event going on now. Subaru will donate $250 to purchases or lessees selected national and hometown charities. University Subaru. Homegrown and proud of it. See retailer or Subaru.com slash share for details. Receive weekly coaching tips from Tony Richards, delivered straight to your inbox. Whether you're a CEO or an entrepreneur, Tony can help you reach your goals and give you a competitive edge within your industry. Tony's Monday Morning Coaching Memo covers topics ranging from leadership development to teamwork to company culture and more. Text the word leadership to 38470 to sign up for Tony's Monday Morning Coaching Memo or sign up online at clearvisiondevelopment.com. Welcome back to Better Than Before. It's annual planning season, so I'm traveling around, spending a lot of time with my clients, doing our annual planning for 2021. And we've been talking about various areas in strategy that we could be talking about over one of those two-day meetings. And today I want to talk to you a little bit about cash and finances. Essentially, there are three ways that you can improve cash in your business. And we'd be talking about all three of these in a, in a planning session. I want to focus in on one in particular, though. One way is to eliminate mistakes. Another way is you usually have four or five business cycles inside your business, and you always want to be working on shortening up those cycle times. And number three is you may from time to time want to improve your business model, or you may want to adapt a new business model altogether. Let's talk about eliminating mistakes. Mistakes are a part of life and they're definitely a part of business. As a matter of fact, mistakes are a part of learning. The more mistakes you make early in the learning process, the more you learn about what will not work and you also learn about the limitations and boundaries in the field of play. On the other hand, customers have a strong dislike for mistakes. In fact, according to research, it's the number one reason why they pay their bill late. Some of the mistakes they dislike the most are incomplete orders, wrong deliveries, invoicing errors, and missed deadlines. Let's talk about each one of these four today, because these mistakes not only drag down one of your potential processes that you'd like to speed up, it's cash flow, right? So here's some of the mistakes customers dislike the most. Number one, incomplete orders. Nothing is more disappointing to a customer than opening their package and finding out it's not all there, or maybe it's not what they ordered in their original order. For instance, if you don't keep very accurate records of your inventory and your shipping and your deliveries, you can be rife with glitches, errors, and unhappy clients and customers. As a matter of fact, you need to try to over-deliver, if at all possible. The second one is wrong deliveries. 
Some of this might be out of your control if you use third-party service, but you need to do your best to control what you can. Make sure your database is clean and as updated as possible, giving customers the ability to be as thorough as possible on exactly how to get their goods and services delivered, and this can pay you in ways you haven't even dreamed of yet. Our office address has been mentioned as one that's hard to find the first time you come to our office. The number to our building is kind of oddly located on the building. It's there, but you'd need to know exactly where to look for it. So having the ability to give extra descriptions on delivery locations always helps our office and might be something you can use to help yours too. Number three is invoicing errors. Customers are very unhappy when bills they think are messed up, they're wrong, or they're in error. So this one's kind of self-explanatory. Just make sure your internal accounting controls are up to the quality they should be by making sure your customers' invoices are always correct. And number four is missed deadlines. Customers are getting more and more accustomed to knowing exactly when to expect various stages of the delivery process to happen. I mean, you order a pizza now, you know everything from the time they make the dough till it goes in the oven to the time it goes in the car and when it's coming down your block and when it's at your front door. If it's getting your car fixed in the body shop, uh, or it could be something else, right? Due to technology and apps, we want to know when it's being buffed, painted, and waxed. We want to know when the dough's being prepared, when the pepperoni's being put on, if it's in the oven. When you give a deadline, you've told the customer they can schedule their project or their celebration around your deadline date and your deadline time, so don't disappoint them. In fact, arrive a little ahead if possible. Another one that's, that's just a killer is torn or damaged packaging. This is a real brand killer. You probably spend quite a few dollars promoting your brand, your products, and your services, and you're trying to build up positive equity with customers to persuade them to purchase your stuff. There's not many more downers than getting something that's damaged. The book is torn, the dog food is ripped, the plate is broken. It's not only costing you by replacing the damaged item, but also in the trust and faith the customer puts into your brand. Even if this is not your fault, you need to make sure your terms and conditions with your third-party carrier will protect you in these instances. You know, all these mistakes and more that I'm not mentioning here are reasons for low and slow cash flow production. Go through your business processes with an eye for analysis to eliminate and reduce these mistakes because they're definitely costing you more than you think. Some of it's tangible cash and some of it's intrinsic value but it's cash regardless. Set up quality control systems to make sure all the jobs that need to be done to get the product or service to the customer is being delivered with a high quality standard. Make sure the same people who make the mistakes are tasked with fixing them. Don't make the mistake of having a cleanup crew whose job it is to cover up for the original people. You will increase learning if you have the people who are accountable for the items to be the ones who have to handle the adjustments. Also develop a record-keeping system of all mistakes that happen so you can measure your mistakes, what caused the mistakes, how the mistakes were fixed, and your amount of improvements that you're making. You'll find it correlates directly to your amount of cash flow increase and decrease. So these are just some of the cash and financial items that we discuss from time to time in annual planning sessions. And these are things we work on together during an annual or quarterly planning session if you're my client because we're always trying to make the business better. 
And we can only make the business better if we make the cash flow better. There's all kinds of uses for cash. We can use it to hire more people. We can use it for investments uh, to make the business more modern or make the, the features and benefits better on products. We need cash. It's the lifeblood of the business. That's our show today. Better Than Before is brought to you by University Subaru. And right now, when you get a new Subaru during the Subaru Share the Love event, Subaru will donate $250 to a charity in need. University Subaru, homegrown and proud of it. Sign up for my Monday morning memo. It's super easy. Just go to our website, clearvisiondevelopment.com. Right on the front page, we just need your name and email address, and you're set to receive my big ideas, an article, and a key question for you every Monday in your inbox with the Monday morning memo. On behalf of our associate producer, Whitney Coker, and our chief producer, William Foster, I'm your host, Tony Richards, reminding you everything gets better when you get better. Thank you for listening to Better Than Before with Tony Richards, a business leaders podcast powered by Clear Vision Development Group. For more resources from Tony, visit clearvisiondevelopment.com. Join us next time for another episode of Better Than Before with Tony Richards. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.